0: Welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies to improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Carrie Shumoy, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to help improve financial results in our beer business, and now I'm helping other craft breweries do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I sit down with Brewbound editor, Justin Kendall, and we talk through a number of issues facing the beer industry during this pandemic. In particular, we talk about what Justin is hearing uh, from folks in the beer industry about what they need most right now and how they can help get it. Uh, we talk about some positive news, some stories of inspiration uh, in the in the brewing industry. Uh, There's so much negativity these days, it's nice to hear some positive news. We'll dig into how folks are using social media and e-commerce to help maintain, or in some cases even grow, sales during this time. We'll talk about the shift from on-premise to off-premise, producing packaged beer, how to forecast these days with so much uncertainty, and how to communicate with wholesaler and retailer partners. So I've been a subscriber to BrewBound for quite some time. find it a fantastic resource to keep me up to date on on only current events, uh, but help with resources uh, during this pandemic. So if you're not signed up already, I would recommend going to brewbound.com. You can get the free newsletter and check out the resources that they have to offer there. So for now, please enjoy this conversation with Justin Kendall, editor from BrewBound. Justin Kendall from BrewBound, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to have you here. So, you know, you talk to a lot of brewery folks. I'm curious what concerns you're hearing from them during this time, or if there's any patterns or topics or things that you tend to hear more often than others.
1: Uh, the two words that I keep hearing are survival mode. <laughs> A lot of people are just trying to, to make it to, you know, the next day, the na- next week, the next month. Um, yeah, it. The, the the theme is it's tough out there. It's tough for just about everybody. Uh, even, even Sierra Nevada expects to be down this year, which if you look at the scan data right now, um Sierra Pale was growing, hazy little thing is a rocket ship, you know, up triple digits, but they still anticipate being down. You just can't make up for these on-premise losses,
0: no doubt. And uh, you know that's what that's what I'm hearing a lot too from breweries, clients, and so forth. Is it's really just about surviving and cash flow management and figuring out where to take the business next. So it's survival seems to be the word of the day. I guess in in your view, you know, what do you what do you think breweries need most right now? I mean, if you could, you know, boil it down to what what people are looking for or needing, what are you hearing about?
1: They need real government assistance. Um, they need penalty free relief on rent and mortgages. Those are things that are really going to be tangible and help them. I'm going to sound like I'm parroting uh, Julie Verratti's Twitter feed here. Julie is from Denizens and she has been she's been one of the most outspoken people during this and she's been a godsend to anybody who is on the crap brewing side when you're trying to figure this out and what you need. And she has said over and over, you know they need a moratorium on all commercial debts, mortgages and rent. They need increased funding to states and localities. And they need increased funding for small business relief. And they should be grants, PPP allocations and SBA disaster loan grants. These are all things people need. And a lot of people got left out in the cold on on the last round of funding. You know, there how many small businesses are, are out there? And, you know, we're just talking about one segment of that, craft brewing. And a lot of people got left out on the cold. You know, I was talking to Surly. They luckily got it and it it's going to be a, a lot of help for them because they can't sell beer to go. They can't sell, you know, curbside from their brewery. They can do restaurant takeout, but the state laws in Minnesota are so restricted that they can't do that. Plus, Minnesota is a three 2 beer state. So they've got that working against them as well. So I'm, I'm off on a ta- tangent there, but I, I think they need that. I think there needs to be excise tax forgiveness for the duration of the closure. I don't think that the government should be coming after excise taxes for from breweries when they're, they've essentially lost such a large share of their business. Um, and, and I think there needs to be a tax credit on spoiled beer. And those are issues, too, that the trade groups are working toward. So hopefully they can achieve that. But it's, it's a difficult time. Everybody's asking for something.
0: No doubt. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'll, I'll circle back to the spoiled beer thing in a second, but I just want to underscore a couple of points you made, you know, as far as the payroll protection program, the PPP, you know, I think everybody's watching that to see if additional funding is, is going to come in and they can reopen it. And I think that would be great because uh, clearly, you know, the design of that program is to get people back to work uh, to help cover some uh portion of, you know, what they would quote unquote call, you know, allowable expenses, utilities, lease payments, interest on debt and things of that nature, which which can help quite a bit. Um, The excise tax forgiveness is interesting. I know they've deferred that for now, Um, but it definitely puts a real focus on, you know, tightly managing your business, you know, digging into all these expenses, figuring out. I, I know even for me personally, you know, the credit card statement, you spend a little more time on what are these things that I'm paying for? And I think business owners, brewery owners are kind of being forced to do that as well. So on the on the tax credit for spoiled beer, I think that's, you know, as you pointed out, we're on survival mode right now, but probably that next shoe to drop for the beer industry is going to be all that beer, keg beer that's out there in on-premise accounts that, that's quite frankly, all behind closed doors, right? And everything's shuttered, are you hearing anything relative to how breweries are either proactively handling that or is it kind of like, Hey, let's just kind of get through this. Um, we'll deal with that later if, and when, um, so I'm just curious if you're hearing anything in particular on that.
1: A lot from the, the larger breweries so far, um, AB announced on Friday that I think they were, they were going to do half, um, Molson Coors has come out and said what they're going to do. I don't know the percentages all off the top of my head, but it's like, it seems like the, the all the, the large scale brewers have come out with some type of program. And then, you know, you have your larger crafts who have also said, said, so like Boston beer, new Belgium, uh, I believe Sierra Nevada as well. Uh, even, you know, a hundred thousand barrel brewery, like summit has said that they're, they'll do a credit as well. So that's, that's going to be out there, but let's face it, there are a lot of smaller brewers, and not all of them are going to be in a position to offer what a Sierra Nevada or Boston beer can offer. So I there there's a whole lot of questions about what's going to happen to that old old beer.
0: Well, stay tuned on that one. So let me let me shift gears. I mean, it's hard these days. There's so much bad news. I, I can barely even read too much. Uh, So I'm curious from your perspective. I'm sorry you can't read brewbound right now. I I can read the headline. Oh, Brubound, I'm okay with it's it's more the uh, mainstream news. I turn it on and I'm just immediately anxiety stricken. Um, but in any case, you know, I personally and I and I think listeners and 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 others are really looking for any positive news these days, anything we can we can get to kind of offset the the tide of bad news. So I'm curious from your perspective. Do you have any inspiring brewery story perhaps to share? Maybe a brewery that's doing something really cool to either support their community or employees during this during this time?
1: You know, the easy answer is all the breweries that are producing hand sanitizer. I think that's been really great. Um, I, I could tick off. You, know, you can pretty much think of a brewery and a lot of them are doing it at, uh, that, that probably doesn't sound right, but uh, th- there are a lot of breweries that are, are producing hand sanitizer. And I think that's a great thing. But one of those stories that I, I come back to is Monday night brewings fans in Georgia have bolstered the business or at least, you know, supported them so much through this that they've been able to hire back four of their furloughed workers Right. So th- that's a story that I think is great. Mike Hess Brewing has said you their shift to hand sanitizer has allowed them to rehire some employees. So those are the stories I like to hear is that like there are actually breweries that are able to bring people back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, shifting gears again, you know, this is really if there wasn't an emphasis before on social media and e-commerce, there, there probably is much more now it's kind of like you you use what you've got um what are you hearing i guess from folks in terms of how they're using social media how they're using e-commerce to try to maybe gain back some of those sales that they've lost through normal channels any anything in particular that resonates with you
1: just the the breweries that are able to do direct to consumer taking advantage of it um Torch and Crown Brewing in New York has started deliveries to consumers' doors. Uh, I think th- I talked to Barry Holmes, the CEO of the brewery. He said that they're doing same-day delivery in Orange County, and they're going to launch a similar program in Los Angeles. This is going to be a real interesting story post-COVID-19 is a lot of these these uh, laws have been loosened in some of these states to allow some of this. You know, in Massachusetts, they've allowed delivery from breweries. Uh, Trillium's been doing it, uh, as you know. Like a whole bunch of breweries have been have started delivery. The question is, like, how are we going to be able to put that genie back in the bottle? Because we are seeing that the world isn't. I mean, the world is falling apart around us, but the fact that breweries are able to deliver or sell to go or curbside or whatever, it's not breaking down the system. And we've got 8,275 breweries. I think that was the last count that Bart had and they all cannot go in a wholesaler's house. It's just not going to work that way. And COVID-19 really exposed a flaw in the, In the taproom model, and no one could probably see this coming. You know, you're you're not going to expect a pandemic to shut down your taproom business. And I've said this over and over again. You know, if we talk in December of 2019 or January of 2020, and somebody's asking us what's the best way to start a brewery, we're all going to say, "Oh, it's a taproom model." You know, sell through your four walls, get that margin, build up that cash flow, and right now that's out the door. And that's left a lot of people, you know, struggling to get by furloughing workers. Do we really want to go back to our elected officials, you know, during the the next pandemic or the next state of emergency, and have to beg them to, you know, rework these laws to allow a craft brewer who's making 1000 barrels or less, you know, are we really gonna worry about that brewer you know selling directly to a consumer or delivering to a consumer's door as long as they're doing it within the within you know checking ID and making sure everything's legal I'm not sure that I see the problem with that
0: right yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean certainly as you said, a lot of laws have been loosened, changed temporarily. And then you know what's going to happen when the fog lifts. Are, are those things going to be changed back? So I, I know different associations. You know we we got you know different stakeholders on others either side of this issue, uh, but definitely something worth watching. I, I think one thing I'm I was struck by, and I agree with you on the taproom model. I mean, six months and three months, two months ago, that that was the standard reply. If you're going to open your own brewery, how do you do it? Taproom only. It's very profitable. Maybe some local self distribution things of that nature until such time as you can, you know, the demand for your, for your brand, your beer is there. Then maybe you look at other options, such as, you know, going through a wholesaler, uh, that, that's, that's kind of out the window, right? I think maybe what this crisis forces us to do, business owners, brewery owners is, is to really think about diversification, uh, a little more broadly. And, you know, there's certain things you can't, uh, it's hard to diversify around a pandemic, I think, you know, when this is the ripple effect is is so broad. However, um, I think it, it probably forces us to look at diversification from a revenue standpoint and then flexibility and agility, I think, from a business model standpoint in terms of, you know, really being laser focused on, on you know, how our businesses run in terms of cash flows and, and access to capital. Uh, something like this never could have. I mean, the insurance companies imagined it because they've written this out of their policies. That's a, (laughs) that's a different topic. Um, but quite frankly, I mean, who, who could have imagined it? Um, now we know what it looks like and, and hopefully we can, you know, we can come out of this better. It's going to, it's going to suck for quite some time, but yeah, I think, I think there's a lot there. I mean, you mentioned laws uh, that we're just going to have to keep an eye on. I'd like to ask you about, um, sort of the shift in how beer is being sold these days. So obviously, on premises is, is closed. That draft business is gone. You know those breweries that were heavy tap room, heavy draft—obviously uh, the hardest hit. You know, there's people are still drinking beer though, right? This the shift to package beer and off premise and I'm curious what you're hearing from breweries about this, about their ability to shift to meet the new demand, um, and what challenges or opportunities maybe you've you've heard of from folks out there.
1: For for smaller craft brewers who did have grocery, it, it's ensuring that they're not gonna have out of stocks. Uh, we've heard you know, we've heard that there aren't gonna be resets. So there's a lot of rethinking too of you know, whatever you're gonna launch in the, the spring or summer, maybe you're back burnering some of that because and focusing on your core to get through this this period of time. I, I think it's a lot of that, you know, if you're, you're able to sell direct to consumer and, and, uh, and curbside, it's a little bit not easier, but you definitely have a little more agility to, to do things that way. And, and less, you know, keeping a retailer happy or your wholesaler happy and whole. Um, but you know the the other thing on this is you know what we've heard from a lot of small brewers is there's been sort of a, a cutoff line of brands that are getting support out in the market and there are I guess winners and losers being chosen and that that sounds awful to say right now and it it definitely feels awful to say it you know and it's out of a lot of people's hands. Mm-hmm. I. I I, I talked to a very small brewer, you know, and he was telling me that there, there's very little to no focus on his brand right now. And luckily, he's able to sell direct to consumer and deliver or else they'd be in a whole heap of trouble. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot in what you said about diversification of your streams. And I I really think that, you know, the Brewers Association should, you know, push very hard to, to help the state guilds or, or whatever, get these laws changed at at least to help the smallest of brewers, because we're going to lose a lot of them. It looks like, and that's not, that's not good for anybody.
0: No, absolutely not. I I agree with you in terms of those breweries that are set up to go to grocery and really having a focus on not running out of stock, you know, even in good times, running out of stock can be the, the death knell for a brand or for some business, um, so I think it does put an emphasis on you know communication if they're going through wholesalers or if they're self distributing communication directly with retailers. Um, and then some tips that I had got from uh, Ross Ackerman from GP Analytics. they do you know forecasting models and so forth for the beer industry and others it was really to kind of amp up um, you know what he would call forecasting sensitivity, you know, really looking at. You know, how your production planning is matching up to what you're seeing for, mar- for sales and marketing trends, you know, really amping up that communication with wholesalers and retailers. And one thing he said that stuck with me was really don't assume that um, the wholesalers are actively able to, you know, everybody's uh, doing the best they can to hang on and that, that includes wholesaler partners and certainly retailer partners. So his advice was really to look, you know, watch your own data, you know, do what you can to help them out. Maybe even build uh, those suggested orders for them. Do whatever you can to, you know, help them out. So obviously they can help help you and your brand. So that that was that was interesting. Um, for for Brew Brown, for what you guys are, are putting out there. I mean, you guys do a great job keeping the beer industry informed on you know current events, and obviously during this crisis, putting a lot of content out there, a lot of topics that you know brewery owners and managers need to know right now. you know payroll protection program details, off-premise sales insights from folks like Bump Williams just to name a few. Um, so what topics do you guys have in the in the pipeline that's coming down here in the uh, in the near future?
1: I'd, I'd say more of the same on that and hopefully amped up. Uh, we've started doing a weekly live live stream panel discussion and we're going to keep doing those every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And it's going to be a different subject each week of, you know, how are you dealing with and surviving uh, COVID-19 basically? How have you adapted? You know, what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to relook at your business model after this? You know, if people were lining up outside of your brewery, you know, in the age of social distancing, You know, how how are you gonna make that work? And also, you know, how are you gonna make it work inside your business? Um it's so it's it's some of that, it's more looking at, you know, where where things are going with SBA and who's who's getting it and who's not, and just kind of keeping on uh with with this because I think this is the most important thing at the moment.
0: No doubt. And if people want to check that out, uh what's what's the best way for them to find that?
1: Brewbound.com. We'll have everything up there. We've also got the Brewbound YouTube page that they can check out a lot of the videos that we've been producing. This has really moved us to pivot in a lot of different directions. We weren't doing a whole lot of video interviews before. Now we are. We're trying to just know, keep up with the speed of everything that's going on, because it's all happened very fast.
0: Certainly has. It certainly has. And it's overwhelming. And you and I were chatting a bit before we started recording about how it forces us to, you know, learn some skills that maybe we otherwise uh, wouldn't have done. You know, a lot of it certainly is online interactions, things, you know, things like this. It's forced me to, you know, kind of put the podcast back out there and, you know, really enjoy doing it and connecting with people like yourself. Um, so I guess for me, trying to find the, the silver lining in an otherwise uh, very dark and cloudy sky. But uh, so I really appreciate your time. Any any parting words of wisdom or hope or encouragement uh, for brewery owners and employees uh, out there from you?
1: I guess I'd say just keep fighting. And, you know, like I I, I parroted uh, Julie Verratti, I, I would say. Keep up to date on the folks who you're you're following on Twitter. Uh, there are some very smart people who are are going over this stuff, like her, like yourself, like Michael Graham from Austin Beerworks, uh, John Dantzler from Torch and Crown Brewing. These are all people who are you know out there in the field and they're living it. Jeff Heck from Monday Night Brewing. They're, these are all. They're so sharp and they're in tune with what's going on and they can be a resource to people without them even realizing it, I guess. So uh, I'd say do that. And, you know, if, if there is another round of government funding and you think it's going to help your business have your application in day one and be talking with your banker.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I think, you know, from a tactical Practical standpoint, yes. Understand more SBA is just assume it's going to come because why not? It it certainly sounds like it is. Get your stuff together. You know, check out the resources that you guys have provided relative to SBA and how that works. Um, We've been through it through our brewery, so I'm I personally know far more than I ever wanted to know about the process. Um, But but a few tips I can uh, send along is you know get your stuff together understand what's going to be required relative to the application process. These loans are administered through uh, SBA approved uh, lenders. So obviously you've got to have one. You've got to know who you're going to talk to. you got to try to build that relationship as quickly as possible. If you haven't already, because these folks are overwhelmed, the whole system is overwhelmed, uh, but get yourself prepared. Uh, so I think that's a great message to end on, you know, keep fighting, you know, use the resources that are available. You know, the beer industry, it's its fantastic and everybody's certainly coming together to help one another. So I think it's great. Yeah. So Justin, thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on.
0: All right. And you too. Keep fighting. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinance.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Finance Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.